1: Hello and welcome to the Homeschooling with Technology podcast. My name is Meryl Vandemover, and today in episode one hundred and thirty-five, we are going to be starting off our summer series by talking with Techie Teen Jake about cybersecurity. Welcome, Jake. Hi. So just to tell you where I know Jake from, uh, Jake is actually one of the students in at the co-op where I teach in person. And he's been in my speech class all year. And he did a speech. I asked him to do a speech on something that particularly interested them. And the speech he did was on cybersecurity. And that was when I realized he was the perfect team to kick off this summer series. So to start off with, Jake, do you want to just tell us what are your interests outside of tech? I just I'm asking this question just so that you understand there is more to Jake than just the take that we're gonna hear about today?
0: Well, outside of tech, um, I do hockey. Uh, I play hockey locally and I play for the elite team, uh, the Knoxville Ice Bears. Um, I also play football and I just love physical sports. And apparently that's not something that would identify with a team that is very, uh, that is cyber. Um, what other thing? Uh, I read time to time, which is fun. And that's about it. That's about my interest.
1: I know that Jake spends a lot of time in um, playing hockey and sometimes getting concussed because he would miss class every now and again for those things. And and he's traveled a lot with the hockey as well. So this is a serious interest, particularly the hockey I know for him. Okay, so let's get now into the tech side of things. Jake, I know you started off with coding. When did you start coding? And what what made you even think about learning to code?
0: So I learned coding at the age of 11. Um, Now, when I learned coding, it was from a game called Roblox. Um, Now, Roblox used a coding language called Lua. And one thing that fascinated fascinated me as a kid um, with ADHD uh was constantly just wanting to make games like i had these all the ideas and always wanted to put them to action but never really knew how to so uh looked up and thankfully the community there had a lot of documentation and a lot of help that taught me how to make games but especially coding which back then was lua so lua was my very first language that i learned at the age of 11.
1: And um, Jake, I should have asked at the beginning, but how old are you now and what grade are you in?
0: Uh, I'm 17, about to turn 18, and I'm in 11th grade. Okay,
1: just that people have some context. Okay, so what other languages did you learn after Lua?
0: So continuing continuing after Lua, uh, after continuing to mess around with it, figure out how coding truly works, I moved on to the... um, modding community, modification uh, community for several games. And I had a team who I worked with that I was allowed to uh, participate and contribute to. Um, My next language, of course, would be C++. Uh, C++ was a very unique language, uh, mainly because as a kid growing up, I always thought how the internet worked was it only run by one language. Um, so when I learned it, Lua, I thought everything ran by Lua. So when I was introduced to C++, this was a massive surprise to me. And I just really didn't know how vast the, how many coding languages there were until I actually did put in the research.
1: Right. Now, how did you go about learning?
0: Um, so the guys who picked me up, they taught me C++. Um, they helped. So this me.
1: was in the mod communities
0: yes this was in the mod communities and now where
1: do you find those
0: so usually find those in separate games whether it would be in minecraft uh battlefield um any almost any game that you could just simply modify you could just ask anyone and they could pick you up uh i learned c like i said by a group of guys who were willing to take me under their wing and teach me how to code in c um but my primary way of learning was through online, um, documentation, which was very helpful because wh- whether it would be from Python to Java, I could learn everything and it would be so easy. And it, it gave me all the tools I really needed. And there were, there are a ton of YouTube videos as well that I use to help me learn these, these materials, these languages.
1: So, so there was no specific site you would just Google for what you were looking for. Um, One of the main uh, sites I used was called free code camp,
0: which Uh each Python and several other languages pretty well and I just followed their course and I turned out pretty well at the end of their courses.
1: Right. Um, I find it very interesting. And what really attracted me to Jake was that he's taken a very similar path to what my own sons did. They were also gamers. Um, I I was a programmer, so I had really exposed them to some coding. But I really think that a lot of it took off as well in these gaming communities. So those of you parents who have boys who like to game and girls who like to game, um, it is actually a good way to get into the coding world. Absolutely. what are the other languages that you know you've mentioned um Python you said Java I think
0: yeah so currently I know python Java JavaScript uh, C plus, c hash or not c hash, c sharp uh c uh Java JavaScript uh let's see other one HTML CSS and Oh, okay. And those are the
1: ones for parents who don't know HTML and CSS or what you use when you're coding um, websites. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, and um, no JS. Those are my main ones. Okay.
1: Um, okay, so what kind of cool projects did you do when you started learning to code? What did you do with them?
0: So after I left the modding community to pursue my own aspirations and my own goals, Uh, I wanted to make my own game. Um, So what I did was I looked into it, how to make a game. Uh, There were a lot of quote unquote game engines that give you tools and uh, all the tools you need to make a game. But I really wasn't interested in that. So I looked in how to code my own engine. So I coded my engine. It was a pretty basic engine with three that could basically use 3D assets and not 2D. Um, I went from there, coded out, modeled, textured all of the assets, and made a pretty good game, but I ultimately never released it.
1: Right. Um, yeah, it's always fun, I know, to actually have an actual uh, plan or what you're going to do, because then you're not just learning something without anything to you know put it into action. Yep. So I know, I know that along the line you started getting interested in cybersecurity. How did that happen?
0: So I got interested into cybersecurity. Mainly, I I read the news a lot. And through the news, I I was reading a lot of articles of how we were hacking into Russia or Russia was hacking to us. And I also had a few friends who knew how to hack. So I got interested on how hacking truly works because I knew how to code. So I looked into it and saw something called cybersecurity. So I found that interesting and it really taught me how or didn't teach me, but introduced me to the world of hacking and cybersecurity and doing all of those type of stuff. And I took off from there, learning more and more.
1: And where, are there any particular sites that you have used to learn it?
0: Uh, there's a website called Syberry, which I use.
1: How do you spell that?
0: Uh, S-Y-B-A-R-Y.
1: Okay, I will have the links to everything that Jake mentions in the show notes and you can find those at homeschoolingwithtechnology.com. So as you've been learning, what fun things have you done related to hacking? Uh,
0: So a lot of it was self projects. I knew how to basically override, completely fry a router. Uh, I knew how to hack into cameras. I knew how to bypass internet, basic internet securities. I knew how to get someone's IP, even if you're connected to a VPN. Um, but I'm working on a few projects right now, including firing file encryptions.
1: So what do you, um, do you drive your family crazy?
0: Uh, they find it interesting on the stuff I tell them. Uh, my dad works uh, closely with the government, so he he gets nervous, potentially. Um uh, <laughs>
1: But you make sure you never do anything illegal, right?
0: So he gets nervous when I tell him like, hey, I learned how to hack into an entire computer. He gets pretty nervous about that.
1: So just to explain to those listening, to actually be able to be effective in cyber security to stop threats you have to understand how to create how to actually break in so although this might sound like um he's some delinquent teen this is not the case you you learn how people are doing things in order to prevent them from doing those things exactly right so just to explain that and, and I know because we talked about this a little bit before actually in speech class and Jake did point out that you know he never would hack into someone's computer without telling them that he's trying to do it first so he's he has always done that <laughs> um, so then tell us a little bit about hackathons what is a hackathon and have you participated in them
0: so hackathons are basically just events of kids who know how to code to go in to compete against several um, i guess you could, uh competitions basically you have a objective whether that'll be you have to code the best firewall or you'll have to figure a way to get into this bypasses this firewall to get this code so uh i've participated in a few hackathons that were held online uh, that would be, some of them were through the NSA, uh, Georgia Tech, Virginia Tech, and one by Harvard.
1: All right. Now, um, this is something that I've actually done um, with a few students as well, not recently, but there is also a website that parents, if you want to have a look at this, you can go to call picoctf.org, um, CTF being capture the flag. Here, yeah, the flag is like hidden somewhere deep inside a computer. And so you have to try and capture it like that. And that's actually a team event where, and it's all online, um, so it's a little different to these hackathons where you like literally they're in person and the room is full of people all trying to achieve the objective, but this you are sitting in your own home. And it's always over like a specific time period, like I say be a week and you work with your team and you try and crack as many of the different levels as you can. And they have previous ones there. So the nice thing about the Pico CTF is that you can actually use that to train as well, because you can go and, um, you know, do some of the old ones. You know, obviously the prizes and things if you actually win. Now, um, you're busy working on a certification, correct? That is
0: correct. I'm currently working to be certified in cybersecurity, being a cybersecurity engineer, uh, which basically means that I am certified in creating applications uh, regarding whether it be a knowing how to create a certified firewall for computers or a network analyzer.
1: So who are you doing this through?
0: I'm doing this through Google and Harvard. They allow uh, certifications. And all you have to do is just apply for them and they'll let you in their courses.
1: And how much does it cost?
0: Uh, for Google, it's free. For Harvard, it was 15 bucks. 15 15 That's all? Yes.
1: Okay. Um, I'm going to get Jake to send me links to these. And I'm going to put those in the... Uh, in the show notes. I also think I'm probably going to try and do it because <laughs> this, uh, this is, this I must say has always really intrigued me. And I've dabbled a little bit as I've watched the kids do the Pico CTF. And, uh, I, I know I'm a little old, but I still think it sounds fantastic. Okay. So how close are you to, how, how much time do these take? How close are you to being finished?
0: So I started mine two months ago. And from what they've told me, uh, they all take approximately six months to get certified. Mm-hmm. So I'm four months away from being completely certified as a So there are
1: actual courses that you work through and then when you get to the end, you take an exam?
0: Uh, yes. So at the end of the exam, you'll be taking a complete quiz. No, well, yeah, exam. And if you pass, they'll send you a, print, a printable certification saying you've been certified and you're allowed to get in these certifications Uh, all these jobs that require the certification
1: right Um, that's extremely cool because I mean you realize that uh, Jake doesn't even necessarily need to go to college because this would actually give him the opening into jobs so this is and this is something so doable for high schoolers um, for homeschooled high schoolers because you know you can you can do all these things very inexpensively um, you can hear how Jake's done it. It really hasn't cost him a lot of money along the way at all. And even you know, even if you do go to college, just think how fantastic this is going to look when you write about this, and you know, your, when students write about this in an essay or um, you know, list it on their uh, you know what they have what they have achieved. So to finish up, uh, Jake, could what advice do you have for a teen who would like to get into cybersecurity?
0: Um. Stay committed, always be open to learning new languages because cybersecurity doesn't focus around one language. Um, it always switches and it always varies depending on what projects you depend on. Um, always, I would say look for a mentor. Um, some of the most helpful people I've met that helped me along the way were ex-cybersecurity uh, guys who had those jobs and they've helped me along the way. And never think you could do something until college um because if it's internet is probably the one most useful things we've had now where we could access anything at by the time we hit the internet whatever we wish so whether it be from learning how to simply just make a model or to completely coding it's there on the internet and it's probably the one most useful things you can possibly have
1: Right, I thoroughly agree. Jake, this has been a great kickoff to our summer. Um, Thank you so much for spending the time sharing what you have done. And I hope this inspires uh, other teens to go out and do something similar.
0: Absolutely.
1: Show host, Fund Academy, has Python classes if you have a teen who'd like to start coding and would like some more formal way of learning than what Jake did. We have classes that... uh, are for the summer or in either semester you can also take shortened versions there's like a beginner intermediate and advanced class which and those ones are flexible students can just take five weeks and then stop and then come back and take the next five weeks so they'll fit in anybody's schedule and uh, thank you all for listening in Um, do go leave us a rating and review if you've enjoyed this share this episode with a teen who you think will be inspired And uh, we'll see you again, same time, same place, next week.
0: Thanks for tuning in to Homeschooling with Technology with Meryl Vandemerva. Visit her at fundafundaacademy.com and homeschoolingwithtechnology.com. Homeschooling with Technology is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network.